Hey everyone, welcome back to the Trail Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Stoner. Thank you for joining me on yet another journey across the podcast airwaves. Uh, I've got a special one for you today, a very fun conversation uh, with two individuals, legends in their own right in the ultra running community, are doing a project that maybe some of you have heard about through social media called the AZT 800. It's a challenge uh, of 800 miles along the Arizona Trail where one individual starts on the northern border of Utah, Arizona, where the other one starts on the southern border of Mexico. And they're pretty much just going to be challenging each other who gets to the other side faster. Uh, you know, it all comes down to strategy sleeping, uh, terrain, wildlife, eating, pacing. I mean, it's, it's so much information wrapped up uh, into what they're going to be doing. Uh, and it's all for the fastest known time along that trail. It's all for charity, which is even better. Uh, so I'm looking forward to you guys listening in on this conversation because it was super fun talking to uh, both these individuals who are back once again on the podcast. Uh, so let's just get right into it. Welcome back to The Trail Life, Mike McKnight and Ben Light. The Trail Life Podcast is presented by Solomon. For 75 years, their passion for outdoor sports, new technologies, and craftsmanship have driven them and still do to create progressive gear to enable you to freely enjoy and challenge yourself in the great outdoors. Today, Solomon has an incredible lineup of road and trail running footwear and hydration gear, perfect for any runner on any terrain, no matter the challenge. Check them out today at your local running stores like Runner's Roost, Jack's Outdoor Gear, or on Solomon.com. Well, help me turn the turn yeah what the heck happened <laughs> i don't know he just disappeared Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. It's me and yeah. Ben Light. It's a, we're going we're rogue. Now, we're going we're rogue. Host. <laughs> what do we do with this? There he is. Here he comes. Let's welcome our guest, Hi. Jeff Stoner, to the podcast. Welcome, welcome. Jeff. Welcome back. Dude, You're what cool. the hell? We, we, we <laughs> held down the fort. You won't have to do any editing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, the, I was like, the Wi-Fi just went off in the office, and I had to now connect to my phone. So hopefully my phone can manage this entire the rest of the way. Um, so wanted to apologize to you guys and anybody who is listening in on this. that I, So I'm mobile now. I'm in Colorado. Sweet. I've got my last race of the uh, my summer season here up in the mountains. And so at the same time, I didn't know this. At the same time, my office here is kind of under construction on the back half of it. So there's all this noise going on. So I, <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually sitting in my truck doing this thing. I've got my microphone all set up and everything else in the <laughs> truck. I'm sweating my ass off in this. <laughs> Dude, turn it on. Get the AC going. <laughs> I apologize for you and to anybody listening. If I sound like I'm in a, in a bathroom somewhere. So hopefully I don't, I don't come it, off it that sounds way. fine to me. Sounds oh, well, that's perfect. good. That's good. Okay. <laughs> you know, guys, I, I want to, say thank you for jumping on you know it's it's amazing what you guys have got coming up the azt 100 uh deal and and ben you and i kind of had a very slight conversation with it uh when I, we had our conversation a couple weeks ago this is a great opportunity to, to discuss a little bit more why you guys are doing it what it represents like who you're doing it for as far as your charities uh partners go so this is a great opportunity to get the word out prior to you guys doing this thing so i, I kind of want to give people a uh background of what the Arizona Trail is, where it's at, 
point to point? How, like, what, what, what would you expect if you were a regular hiker on, along the, along the trail itself? Good question. <laughs> just, to, just to be transparent to everyone out all your listeners uh, this goes for both me and mike we probably have shared the exact same mileage of the azt <laughs> and it's it's probably maybe two handfuls worth of the azt over yeah. so, <laughs> what so. so what you're saying is you guys are both flying blind on this thing it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of like lewis and clark split oh. up and like attacked arizona from the north and the south and met in the middle and shared what they saw and then and then continued on <laughs> this is undiscovered territory for us which is I, you know, that's a great thing to keep in mind as a, as a listener or as a person that follows the, the race is like every mile is a new mile, which I don't know from, for me, this is me personally. Some people like to know they go out and they preview a race, they go out and do sections and they want to know, and it does, it, it adds a, an immense amount of value, but like, sometimes I have to move my mindset from all the physical pain and the discomfort to holy cow, I am so grateful that I'm able to do this and I can't wait to see what's over that next ridge or across that next valley or around that next corner. And, you know, and I, I try to shift my mindset to those things in order to block out some of that. Oh my gosh. If you start counting the miles down, you're in trouble. You're seriously in trouble. <laughs> uh, that's a great point. Like, so you're flying blind with, with what's on the trail or what you guys are looking for as far as terrain goes, but your starting points it Arizona trail, you're pretty much starting either on the Utah, Arizona border or the Mexico border. Is that correct? Yes. So there's, okay. Um, so we know that at least, at least that's the known aspect of it, uh, <laughs> which is great. How did, and Ben, again, you, you kind of breezed over this in our conversation. How did, how did you, how did this concept, come about because i know you guys train together all the time you run together all the time what was the point where it was like hey let's do this or this would be a really good idea or a really bad idea where did where did this whole entire thing kind of materialize okay and i'll just kind of really skim through this because it's it's kind of a oh, there's a lot to it but me and mike were running together this is pre what we did was we called the utah brawl we kind of ran the bear 100 and the wasatch 100 with the 100 mile link up backwards but when we were formulating that idea, I was actually doing research on what the uh, a trail system called the Great Western Trail. And okay. the Great Western Trail goes from Mexico to Canada, just like the PCT. And but it's basically it's in, be, you know, it's in between that and the Continental Divide Trail. So it goes up through Arizona, through Utah, into Idaho, onto Montana you know, and up to the border. And so I'm, I've been doing some research on that trail because it's not a very popular trail system. And during that time, I learned that part of the bear 100 and part of the Wasatch 100 were part of the great Western trail and the Arizona trail, the entire trail is the great Western trail. So it'd be like taking the PCT and, and renaming the Oregon section of the PCT like the Oregon trail or something like that. And that's what the Arizona trail is. It's the great Western trail from the border of, of, of Utah 
to the border of Mexico, and it kind of goes just east of, uh, it goes through Flagstaff, it goes through the Grand Canyon, it goes east of uh, Phoenix and Tucson, and, and through the mountain ranges there. I was just saying, I, I this is probably more of what Ben needs to talk about too, because it was mostly his idea, but a couple of years ago, Ben pitched an idea like this. Um, yeah, why don't you just tell the story, Ben? Because this is all your idea. <laughs> well, I, was hoping, I, I don't want to. Okay. So <laughs> while we're running the U, Utah brawl, I, I was, I mean, there's a lot of time to think when you're running, it was 300 miles. We're, we're running together 300 miles and just chit chatting and stuff like that. And I, I said, you know, what would have been really cool because we were running this 300 miles together and we were doing it to raise money for another or uh, another individual and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, it'd been kind of cool as if one would have started on one end and one would have started on the other end and we kind of raced each other. And, uh, and so that's kind of like where the concept started materialized now moving fast and forward, Mike completing the Colorado trail, wanting to, uh, do a little something bigger like the AT. And I was kind of like a little bit more like reluctant of saying, Hey, maybe something a little tad shorter. And then, so we started talking about the AZT cause I started, I was doing research on it mm-hmm. and I said, you know, it'd be fun. It's non-directional FKT. We should do our concept of racing each other from e- either side. From the FKT perspective, you guys could start and finish wherever. Now, is it a supported or unsupported uh, record right now at this point? <clears throat> the record we're going after is supported. Um, they have unsupported and self-supported, I believe, right, Ben? Yes, correct. Yeah, but the one we're doing is supported. So, what's the current uh, what's the current record right now for the supported? Thirteen days and three hours. And Joe McConaughey's stream being—he's the one that set that. From the time you started talking about it to the time you actually got to the point where it's now a, a full concept. Like, what's your what's your timeline here with this thing? <laughs> I mean, I want to say that we started talking about this at the beginning of last year because okay. I specifically remember Ben wanting to do this last fall. Spring. But then I decided, well, we talked about fall too, because remember I, Moab got, anyway, yeah, we talked about doing it last year, but I ended up doing those 200s again. So we didn't end up doing it last year after Moab, we were talking and it was just like, let's, let's just make sure we do it next year. That's at least how I remember it. Yeah. That's but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's been a, it's been a concept now for, for a little over a year. Um, yeah. so let's kind of get into this a little bit. So you start and you finish, you're going head to head. What's the, Hey, let's, let's start from, how do you know who goes which direction? So let's start with that <laughs> because this is kind of a cool way you guys have set this up. <laughs> so how, how does that get? See, get it's determined? a cool way how we set it up. <laughs> Just remember that Mike. Yeah. Yeah. From the outside in, it's a cool way. <laughs> <laughs> this was ben's master plan so i'll let him take it too no no you <laughs> this is your idea much, dude you have too much emotion involved into it you're more stressed out than i am i am really stressed out <laughs> so basically what we're gonna do um so the whole like ben is really good at making projects um unique and um, I don't remember if you thought about this since the original idea just over a year ago, but he kind of wanted to make it like an MMA style event. Um, hence, like the picture that you may have seen on our social. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Like, 
looking all upset at each other. <laughs> but uh, to, to play into that uh, UFC style slash gamification, um, he came up with the idea of us flipping a coin uh, to determine who's going to go what route. So basically whoever wins the coin toss decides. And then just to, in Ben's, in Ben's words, to make it a challenge, do it five days before. But in my head, I'm just like, this is an 800 mile FKT. <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking. Like, do you think it's easy, Ben? <laughs> like it's, it's a hard enough challenge. I, as you can tell, I do have some emotion behind the coin toss, but we're doing it. <laughs> well, I know, I know Ben's a little bit more of a uh, strategist too, when it comes to this stuff. So he's probably got both North and South already laid out as far as what he's going to do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he knows he knows that I'm a bad strategist, so I'm sure there's a lot of thought that went into this. <laughs> I don't know. I, we've been we've been actually working a little bit together, and Mike's been working on his uh, spreadsheet, and I've been working on my spreadsheet, and and it's very similar. It's just right now, it's just like finding out all the imp. It's almost like you have to work it from the ground up. You have to figure out like the distances for the different sections. Uh, is there water in those sections? You got to like, you know, you, you take the overall number of like 800 miles and we got to do it in 13 days. So it comes out to just over 60 miles a day. Um, or if you want to beat it, you know, depending on how much you want to beat, it, you want to give yourself a little buffer. So you got like minimums and stuff like that. So then you look at the spreadsheet and you're like, and you basically group together day sections and some days, I mean, Six, you know, if it's 64 miles, you're landing in the middle of a section. So obviously you're going to make a decision to, to cut out earlier and take it and sleep or push it a little longer, um, into the, into the next area before your, your next, like past 64 miles. And so it's just like, there's like a lot of strategy in that. And like, where's the water, you know, like, is there alternate yeah. accesses for the crew to crew you in a section to increase the odds of you know not running out of water that's the that's the we're talking about arizona yeah. and you're still talking about october but you're still talking about like the potential of extreme heat especially for us utah boys extreme bad weather up in the high country you know yeah. anything can i mean roll in and all of a sudden we're we're battling a wind, you know, a blizzard up in the high desert. Well, this brings some good points. And I want to circle back around to the strategy aspect of it, because I, I want to hear a little bit more about this. But when it comes to the coin flip five days ahead, I also realized, too, that the person who loses the coin flip uh, gets to choose what time do you go off on that day. And I'd like to hear from each one of you, or, or if you can say, because I don't know, because this is a, a challenge, right? Like, what's your ideal time? for leaving right. knowing full well like and i guess that depends on if you're heading if you're leaving north or south right like it, or does that even make a difference it does yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean if i if i if i lose the coin toss i'm picking like a 9 a.m or a 10 a.m start um i just that's how i operate i like starting around that time that's what time i started the colorado trail when i went after it I know Ben's very, or at least I suspect Ben's strategy for the start time would be different than mine. But yeah, I that's what I would pick. I, I figure if 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 you if you lose the coin toss and you're starting on the the direction that's least favorable, you gotta 
kind of give it to the other person a little bit on the the time the time start just to screw <laughs> with them, you know. But there's strategy for me. There's strategy involved. It's all personal. I mean, I, I Mike is we have different strat we have different strengths and you know one of my strengths is i can sleep anytime anywhere i could i could probably go to sleep during the day and take a nap kind of a thing and be ready for a late night start um where mike's you know needs needs sleep because the minute he starts this azt you know what so you got five hours of sleep over 500 miles or what eight hours of sleep over 800 miles is that that gonna be is that gonna be like the the story at in the end of this so like he's like eight hours of sleep the day before like all i'm getting leading into this two-week event so i might as well soak it up you know? Yep. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's kind of also the, the strategy aspect of it. Knowing full well that Mike likes to start at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning. Would you start it at like 2 a.m.? 12 and just, night. It, like, yeah, just, and just roll with it at night. Like, like make kind of, be, kind of it's going to be like so easy to know, you know, like can, if anybody can re- think about trying to do math while running an ultra you can spend hours in a circle because by the time you figure out the math, it, you got to redo the math again because it's yeah. been so long, but like a 12 AM start on the 15th, you're like, okay, what day it is and what time is it? Boom. I know exactly. If it's not showing up on my watch, exactly. I know exactly where I'm at because I'll probably, I'll, I'll probably like stop my watch each time I sleep and upload my section and then restart my watch again for the next day kind of a thing. Cause I think our GPX file will be, be pulled for FKT purposes from our trackers. So, or you could just marry the, the, all the files together for the individual sections, but like just from a, a standpoint, it's just like, where am I at? You know, how much time am I into this and stuff like that? There's that strategy, but the next strategy is sometimes you know, running all day and you start to get into the night, it's, it's kind of hard to sleep the first night. So I figure I did a, when I was doing my Pyrenees project, I decided to start 12 midnight as well. And I started 12 midnight, ran through the night and ran through the day. And as night was coming, you know, it's like that second night, it's like, okay, my body's ready to sleep and to sleep hard. And then you can start the, you know, maybe every 18 hour process of getting some sleep every 16 to 18 hours, depending on the section and stuff like that. Well, let's, let's continue on with the sleep aspect of it, Mike. And I'm, I'm, this is interesting to me, the fact that you were able to do only five hours of sleep over five days, like going into this, like explain, explain your sleep strategy on that aspect of it. Cause I know that's interesting to a lot of people that are listening in on that. How do you, how do you, how do you go in strategically, you know, with your sleep patterns? Yeah. I mean, so I, I've always, like, I've always advertised myself as a bad sleeper. And the thing with the Colorado trail is it wasn't my intention to only sleep five hours. That's just what, how it ended up being. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot of spots I'd come in and be like, Hey, I want to sleep here for four hours. 
And I would lay there for 45 minutes tossing and turning, and then I'd fall asleep finally. And then I'd wake up 30 minutes later and I was wide, wide awake. <clears throat> That's just how it played out for me. And I think a lot of it is that I just can't shut my mind off, but like having finished the Colorado trail and knowing like how wrecked I was like from a just mental ex- exhaustion standpoint, like I know that like five hours for seven days in the Colorado mountains, that was like borderline. It wasn't borderline. It was pushing it, but it was mm-hmm. borderline, not a successful strategy. So like knowing that and knowing that this is like essentially double the amount of time as the Colorado trail, like I'm hoping mentally, because I know that sleeping that little is not going to be feasible for two weeks. I'm hoping that that's going to like be able to help my mind kind of settle down and allow myself to just accept that I need to sleep every night. And so as of right now, my strategy is to try and and wrap up every night around 10 or 11 PM and then, you know, get there, eat a quick dinner and be in bed by midnight and then sleep till six. So I'm hoping to get six hours of sleep every night. That's what I'm going to shoot for. Obviously, it's probably going to change multiple times, but that's as of right now, that's the target of what I'm going to try to do. And if I do that, like 12 to six, wake up, eat breakfast, be out by seven, that theoretically gives me, um, that gives me like 16 to 17 hours each day to try to run 60-ish miles. And in my head, that seems like it's going to be a stretch, but that seems doable um, yeah. and still being able to get that kind of sleep each day. So I'm not trying to not sleep on this one. I'm going to try to get some good sleep each <laughs> night. <laughs> well, even, even for, I don't know what the wildlife is going to kind of be like on, on the trail, even at night. Like, I don't, like, See I that? that's the other that's one of my other strategies is like, I'm thinking about running at night almost every night because I don't like rattlesnakes. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not a fan. And I, I picked the wrong state and the wrong trail, <laughs> but like, I'm just not a fan. And I'd rather them be sleeping and doing their thing instead of being out sunbathing, you know, and soaking it up. I, uh. The one rattlesnake we saw on the brawl, wasn't that during the night, Ben? two rattlesnakes that we saw in the brawl and both at night and both scared the bejeebers out of us. I, almost <laughs> ran, I think I almost jumped and he caught me in his arms and had to like carry oh, me yeah. across the threshold kind of a thing because yeah. we, we got lucky. The second one, the second one, we were in a double track four wheel drive trail kind of a thing and where the tires go. And so that's where the dirt is. And so we were actually running together right next to each other. It was like literally the last five miles of the 300 miles. Um, we were watching fireworks go off over the lake because it was a, it's a state holiday when we finished and they were doing a fireworks yeah. show. And I have never seen a rattlesnake on this trail ever in my entire life. Cause this is kind of like in the Valley where I live and I just happened to look down and our light caught it coiled. Like I had actually moved in behind Mike and right after I moved in behind Mike, it passed us. Like it was coiled up right in that trail that I would, I would have just stepped on him. I probably would have, cause I'd probably been watching the fireworks and stuff. And I don't know why I, I moved over, but that thing like zinged right up. And I was like, 
And, you know, when that thing zings up, your heart just pretty much <laughs> oh, come, God, yeah. comes out of your mouth, you know, <laughs> throw, it, throw up your heart right there. And it, well, I would, I would think being in Arizona, you wouldn't have to worry about the rattlesnakes too much in the evening time. I mean, they're going to be out more towards that midday, late, late afternoon scenario. I would think I, I could yeah. be wrong on that. I'm hoping. I don't know. Seeing all of Candace Burt's stories on Instagram, yeah. she's always showing rattlesnakes. That's uh, a tattoo on her arm for a reason. I, you know, yeah. <laughs> I know that you don't really know much about the terrain aspect of it, but as part of your research and strategy portion of it, do you know what other kind of wildlife could be out there? I mean, I would assume a lot of coyotes and probably some mountain lion stuff, but it's Arizona. I wouldn't assume bears and you know, that type of stuff, but bears um, is that okay. Oh yeah. Northern Havelinas too. Was that? Oh yeah. Havelinas. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're mean bastards too. Yeah. I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Basically all of our, limited experience that we have on the Arizona trail is from Cocodona. <laughs> and okay. I, I, th- I think like what, 10 miles at the most of the Cocodona race is a part of the Arizona trail. Yeah. But, right before um, Flagstaff. Yeah. But it's all in the same region. And yeah, <clears throat> the two times I've done Cocodona, it's been snakes, um, javelinas. I've seen javelinas every time. And Jamil, whenever he sends out like pre-race emails, he talks about wildlife. And yeah, he's mentioned coyotes, he's mentioned mountain lions. So I think the wildlife scenario wouldn't be any different than what me and Ben are used to because we have all of that in our mountains here in Utah. We have rattlesnakes. Yeah. We, we have everything that they have, but except for javelinas. Have you, you, can tell javelina? you can tell what my yeah, you can tell what Mike's worried about. You take the javelina, <laughs> you take it back to your crew, and you have a pig roast the very next <laughs> every next night. You know, it's just like I don't know. What kind of elevation gains are you guys uh, expecting? According to it's either the FKT website or the Arizona Trail website, it's like 113,000. Which, I mean, when I did the Colorado Trail, it was, I believe, 90,000, and that was 500 miles. So you know, when you factor that in, it's definitely less hilly than my, the Colorado trail. Yeah. And then elevation wise, like most of Colorado is over 10,000 feet where yeah. this one, do we ever go over 10,000 feet? I think it's like just, just over nine, five. It's like right under 10. So yeah, not terrible. It's, it's manageable, a little bit more yeah. manageable than, than having to climb 14. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, and it's going to be, it's, it's not going to be like complete. I mean, obviously it's stacked in some areas and then flatter in some areas. So I'm sure there'll be some days that we have some really rough, I mean, obviously I've heard the stories and I've with the research, read the, the reports, especially when we get South, like the Mongolian, is it Mongolian? Is that how you say it? Mongolian? Mo- I think it's Mogollon. Mogollon, like Mogollon section down through pretty much the border of Mexico, you got a lot of like rugged mountain terrain. And so you'll up one side, down the other side, across the valley, up one side, you know, kind of a thing. And so there's going to be points in time that we're obviously, it's just a hike and it's a hike down too, when it's really rugged. I just remember when I went out there and trained for Cocodona. Yeah. There's one section of trail where I basically went down as slow as I went up. It, it was bad. Those are going to be the longer days. 
But when you get that kind of stuff going down, now you're just like in defense mode, trying to like not roll an ankle and not end your, your FKT yeah. attempt off of just carrierless footing. So then you start to be a little bit cautious on that stuff too, as well. I'm interested about the support aspect of it and how you guys, like your, the crew scenario with it. And you talk about, Mike, you talk about like running till 11 o'clock at night and sleeping and camping and stuff. Like what's the, what does this, the crew support look like with you guys? And, and how does that, do they know to go, they're, you're, they're obviously going to know to go to a certain point uh, and stop and, and along each section you guys have got, like, what are you, what are you planning as far as crew? Like people coming out, running with you, pay, like having pacers and stuff like that. Like what's, what's the plan with all of that? So for me, my crew is going to consist of my wife and my two kids. Um, and then I also, I'm fortunate. I have somebody that I coach who um, for some reason has the whole month of October off from work. <laughs> and so he, um, he's volunteered to come out for the whole thing. And he also has like a decked out sprinter van that has like oh. three beds in it and stuff. So he's bringing that. So <clears throat> yeah, those are going to be my main crew support. Um, and I think as of now, the plan is to maybe have like, you know, cause I, I, me and my wife, we're going to drive my truck out too. And I have like a rooftop tent. And so we'll have the van and the rooftop tent. And I imagine I'm just going to have like my wife drive and drop off maybe the sprinter van at my target destination and then crew mm -hmm. me at all the other sections leading up to the sleep station through from my truck. And in terms of like pacing and stuff like that, my plan is to, like, so when I did the Colorado trail, we basically just like put it out on social media, like Instagram stories and stuff saying, Hey, Mike's doing this, come out and run with him. And I know Ben did some work like while I was actually running where he was like yeah. coordinating with people. Um, so I, I, I imagine I'm going to do something pretty similar because like that worked out almost perfectly. I, I probably had somebody pacing me all, but maybe 30 miles of the Colorado trail when I did oh, it. Shit. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this question reminds me, I need to start putting out on my social media like today that we're, uh, I'm looking for pacers to come help out. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben, what about you? Do you have a sprinter with three beds? Yeah. So <laughs> I just have good friends too. Um, so one of my really good friends, uh, both me and Mike's friends, uh, Taylor Spike, he has a, a Dodge van and he uh, he's so graciously offered to uh, let me borrow it. So he's actually installing a air conditioner in it to it today. So <laughs> that's a huge, <laughs> once wow. he told me he's installing okay, an air now, conditioner. Now we, like, now we know right, which I'm one sold. of you two is I'm... the diva. We know which one of you two is the diva now. So <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, so, mine, mine will have Starlink. So I don't know if you, yeah, you have that. Starlink and I think granite <laughs> countertops. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mine has man. an outdoor shower, but it has hot water. <laughs> For the outdoor shower oh, but nice. i'm like that's a, that when i was looking at a vehicle and stuff like that from a crew aspect you know i was just like i think the most important things would be ac for when you sleep for sure for me ac for the the crew if possible but the next thing is like a little bit of a shower of some sort because each day you come in and you just need to you got to get that grime off you it'll it from a from the small simple things grime on your feet grime in certain regions tend to create issues over days 
So, you know, you, you come in and while your, 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 your wits are about you, you, you shower really fast, you change into some new warmer clothes or something, and uh, you get food in your belly before your mind just completely shuts off and you're, you're in la la land. Yeah. I guess that brings up a good point, Ben. Like what's the, what's the medical plan aspect behind everything? Do you guys have somebody who's a, a pseudo medic on, on each one of your crews? Is that, or how, how, what's that? What's the plan there? Pseudo medic. Well, my brother's going to come out like this towards the second half of it. And he's a EMT. There you go. But other than that, it's um, band-aids, Luco tape, <laughs> super glue. There you go. Uh, <laughs> moleskin. Uh, just any, you know, tape it up and go back out and play ball. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully you don't need a, 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 a anti-venom. Uh, rattlesnake. Well, well, I guess that's or something. part of the part of it. I mean, you're worried about the rattlesnake aspect oh, of it. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's where the inreach comes in. You're like, okay, send in life flight and just yeah. <laughs> extract me. Like, I'm gonna take the head off the snake too at the same time, just because don't they always say, like, hey, you're supposed to bring the snake in too so that they can create the perfect anti venom or something? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Never heard that before. <laughs> Um, so from a tracking perspective, uh, people like how, how can people track in where you guys are at and everything else? Is that going to be through a website you guys have set up or just through social media? Like what's the, what's the process there? Yeah. The website, uh, we, we got greatwesternadventures.com and it's actually under construction right now. It should be launched. I'm, we're getting the final graphics made up this week. Um, and once they're done, she's pretty much, ha- uh, our, our web developer has the backbone all built and everything and mm-hmm. a concept layout. And then she, she's going to launch that. So, and then we embed the tracking on the website. We're using a, a newer tracking company that I've, uh, have a relationship with, uh, called legends trail tracking or something. And, um, they, they've been doing some of these uh, different races in the area. They're new. They're actually out of Denver, you know, the, the U S division, they have a European division and then the uh, U S division, they're out of Denver. And so they're going to be doing our tracking. We'll have a map embedded on the website. And, and when, when we start that map, our, our web developer is going to move that map like right to the top kind of a thing. So when people, you know, from their mobile device or from, their laptops when they click on it, it goes straight to the map so they can kind of track us. Got it. Yeah. Well, I'll make sure to put that in the show notes too. So that way people can click on the link and, and follow along. What, what I love about this and, and a lot of the other stuff that you guys do, you're, you're doing it with some nonprofit partners in mind here and both of them uh, bigger than the trail and, and rods. Uh, I, I personally both know about, but I'd love for you guys just to give a brief explanation. And I'm like, we've, you've talked about rods on, on your podcast with me before, but um, just real quick, I'd love for you guys to give a shout out to each one of those, you know, nonprofits so that people know, you know, what you're doing this for, who you're helping support. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I'm supporting rods, um, which their actual name is rods heroes. 
and they raised adoption grants for orphaned children with Down syndrome, uh, mostly because uh, to adopt a child with Down syndrome costs thirty to forty thousand um, dollars. And just this organization, the founder, he's adopted a child with Down syndrome, and he's very well versed in the Down syndrome community, and he knows that. There's loads of willing families who um, would adopt. They just couldn't, they just can't afford it. And so that's why they raise adoption grants. And so for me, I'll just be, um, I'm going to identify a child. Right now they have just over 400 children who are adoption eligible. And so I'm going to pick one of those children that kind of speaks to me. And my goal would be to raise half an adoption grant by the end of this, which would be roughly $15,000, um, which would all go towards the, the child that I end up picking. And in essence, you know, going towards a family that would be able to adopt that child. And the reason this organization like really stands out to me is my, my sister adopted a girl with Down syndrome in 2017 from Columbia. And this organization, Rod's Heroes, they cut her like the final check that she needed to fly out to Columbia and pick her up and bring her home. So I have a connection that way for, through this nonprofit. I'm running for uh, doing in support of Bigger Than the Trail, um, kind of a trail community organization that uh, provides um, counseling. Ser- they, they, if anybody's in need of str- they're struggling through an issue and they need some counseling services, there's someone to talk to. Uh, they can reach out to Bigger Than the Trail and Bigger Than the Trail will connect them with a, a certified counselor, utilize their grant money and their, their nonprofit money, that's do- the donations, to actually help uh, secure um, close, to, uh, uh, close to three months of counseling as possible. Uh, to help them get over those that that hump of whatever they're you know that's that's kind of weighing them down and and uh, and so we all uh, from a trail from a trail community aspect you know all of us know the uh, the level of of not just support but the level that our training and our this sport let's just say this sport mm-hmm. at, uh, assists our mental capacity you know it, it relieves it alleviates a lot of stress in my own personal life but there are times in your life that i don't think just running is gonna help all your needs and so there's sometimes you just need an, an additional person to reach out to talk to and and there's people out there that don't necessarily have that support system you know in their home or in their inner circle and so this gives them a you know professional help to to uh, reach out and to help them through all those struggling times and everything. So I'm actually really excited about partnering with them. I've partnered with a couple of different organizations in the past, and um, this one's really close to home as in the community. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, seeing how much money we could raise. We have, you know, our personal goals, like we, we'd love to get 15,000 at least for both organizations and split it between, you know, uh, get 30 total and split the 15 between the two and help, you know, help our community. Cause it is regardless of how you look at it, rods and bigger than trails serve, you know, community members in need. So can people donate? Uh, I know they can donate personally on their, on each individual website. Do you guys have something set up? You will have something set up through your great, great, uh, sorry, great rest Western uh, website. Right. To do a donation to either one of those foundations. Is that how that's going to work? 
Yeah. So right now I have a, a link set up with, so the way that we're going to do it is basically like do just one donation button to make it simple. And then okay. at the end of the, at the end of the attempt, we'll split it up evenly. Um, but yeah, so right now I have a link created that's um, got both bigger than the trail and Rob's heroes logo, like on the banner and kind of explains what we're doing and what our goals are. And we'll be able to embed that into like a button on the landing page on the website. And it'll just be like right below the map. If every, every dollar that's donated 50 cents goes to one organization. 50 cents goes to the other organization. Well, guys, I, I'm excited for you both. I mean, this is going to be awesome. October 15th is when you guys are starting. You're going to do your coin toss five days prior to, are you going to do that like live on, on social media? Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to, uh, we'll be sending out some information here okay. relatively soon so that, uh, people can start kind of like saving the date, but we kind of, we want to do a, a live type with that MMA style that we were kind of talking about. <laughs> we thought it'd be fun to uh, do a live event where we like weigh in and have an announcer and stuff. <laughs> You know, get in each other's faces a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, right. Get, get the get the the boxing pose, and I, you know, I I don't think it's going to be like a long process or anything like that. Yeah. But I think it's fun. And hey, you gotta uh, you gotta have some fun with it, though. That, that's yeah, what's great about this thing. You know? I mean, the funny thing is, is when you talk about the MMA style and the fighting, and anybody that knows us in our inner circle knows that our friendship and our character is completely <laughs> not that. And so it, it just makes it funnier when you're like trying to look serious and try to act like all tough and badass or something like that. Like we're pretty much lovers. Not lovers. <laughs> a couple of those, like, and we took a few, like maybe four or five each. Like we had somebody do photos, what, like three or four months ago, Ben. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, I was actually just looking at those photos the other day because I was like, I need to start finding a pacer and maybe I'll just post up one of those pictures that we took. And as I was looking at him, I was like, I feel like every single one of these pictures, I'm trying so hard not to laugh. Like I can see like, <laughs> my, my mouth. You can kind of see that you can get a little bit, a little bit of a smirk in the, in the corner of your yeah. mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. the, I think the ideal situation, um, Ben's talked about this. I don't know if he's talked to Jamil about it, but we think it would be fun to like go to Aravipa's headquarters. And since they're so well-versed in the Arizona community mm-hmm. and doing the the coin toss at their headquarters. Yeah, we have a lot of ideas. I need to reconnect with Jamil. It's been, we talked to him about, I talked to him a little bit about that earlier at uh, Hard Rock and he, he was interested, but it was so early. It's hard to know what their schedule is going to be. And I know he has an event like right before our event or at the beginning of our event or something like that. He has a personal race of his, uh, of his own that he's doing. So we're, I got to reach back out to him and do it, but it'd be fun to somehow tap into their network and have them kind of host it. And uh, they have such a, a strong outreach in that desert Southwest area hundred yeah, percent, and across the country. I mean, he's just such a, an amazing individual that that gives back to this community tenfold. So, mm-hmm. well, again, guys, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'll put all of the the links in in the show notes as far as the foundations go, and and I'll put the new website link in there as well, so you guys follow along, social media accounts, all that stuff. So that way, people have an easy time finding who's listening in here. But uh, thank you again, and I, you know, good luck to to both of you. Awesome. Uh, thank Thanks you. for having us on. 
Trail Life Podcast presented by Solomon is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Stoner. Theme song provided by The Poor Dirty Astronauts with lyrics written by Matt Meyer. You can rate, review, and subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other place you stream your favorite podcasts. Thank you again, everybody, and we'll see you on the trails real soon.